the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that your day is going well, that your commute is going well. Really excited about today's show. Have a good friend with me and co-worker, Donnie Stockman, and he's our facilities director and full-time greeter and serve faithfully here at the church and runs our community service program. So this is going to be a great, great show. You're not going to want to miss it. Donnie, thanks so much for coming on with me today. And thank you for having me, Eric. This is an honor. Your day going okay so far? So far, so good. Awesome. Well, I think where we could start for people that don't know you is uh, tell us a little bit about your life, where you grew mm-hmm. up, and how you came to know Christ. Well, Eric, I grew up down in Pueblo. I have uh, two brothers, three sisters, mother and father, and we didn't grow up in a church. My daddy's side was a Jehovah Witness, and from there, we just kind of have to figure it out on our own growing up, and it wasn't easy growing up, Eric. I was... I struggled a lot, you know, my mother, you know, she she really didn't know how to read or write, and my daddy worked a lot just to support us six, and just going to school, it, it was it was hard for me. It, I was, you know, struggling, but at the same time, you know, it was different. It was a different kind of struggle back in the late 60s and the 70s, because mm-hmm. I was teased a lot just who I was. And, you know, growing up, I had a gift and the gift was running. So Mm. that was more of my outlet Yeah, back in the day, you know, and obvious, you know, I, I, people started recognizing me by the time I was in high school. And from there on, Eric, when I graduated, you know, I had to figure out how I was going to you know, support myself. I left house at the age of 15. Wow. You know, and I lived, with, yeah. I lived with my cousin, you know, and, you know, I was always that kind of kid that was in and out of trouble at the time. But even when I uh, left Pueblo, I moved to Colorado Springs and I started working just cleaning restaurants, anything I can do to make a living. And, and I remember... There was a time in my life where um, I had a brother-in-law, and, and, and he had cancer, and, and he struggled, and he used to love to come and stay with me in the springs. Mm. And he would always ask me this one question, Donnie, why, why is God punishing me? Wow. And I didn't know what he was really talking about. I really didn't have an answer for him, you know, but he would ask me that over and over. But there was something different about our relationship. He used to love to come to Springs from Pueblo, and and I would wait for him. And, and at the time, I was single, obvious, and and I would take Julius and, and, and just somewhat serve him in a lot of ways yeah. and care for him, 
you know. But just going back a little bit, Eric, I uh, I got married when I was 19 years old. Hmm. I got married to a 17-year-old girl from Doherty High School. Um, I had gotten her pregnant outside marriage, and her mother had told her that she couldn't have a child, and and I didn't know what that meant hmm. at the time. And she asked me if I would be willing to go to a clinic with her, and and it, and I didn't understand what even a clinic was at the time. And I remember walking into this dark place and I remember seeing my girlfriend at the time uh, ready to go into this procedure. And I couldn't, you know, barely even watch it. But as I was watching it, all I can remember is seeing a tube Mm. and I see my little child being Mm. slaughtered or even murder at the time. Wow. However you guys want to call it. But I remember walking out of that clinic in shame and guilt. Hmm. And I didn't ever had any friends to warn me or to tell me about what I was about to do. And then from there on, we land up getting married. I have gotten her pregnant again and, and we land up getting married. And I have a son named Daniel and I thought I had everything. I had a, a wife that I loved, and I had a beautiful son. And I remember my daddy called me up and said, Son, I have this uh, 52 Willys. It was a classic. My daddy used yeah. to build street rods. And, and me and my brothers used to fight who we were going to get it when we yeah. got older. Yeah. And I would have never thought I would have been the one. He would have asked, Hey, son, I have this Jeep. Do you want it? And I was so excited, and I remember me and my wife at the time went down to Pueblo to pick it up. Yeah. And shortly after that, I started just not being the husband that I should have been, or even the father. And my wife used to warn me at the time, you know, I'm going to leave you because I have dinner ready for you, and you're never home. And that Jeep kind of took a little bit of my life at that time from me. And mm-hmm. one day I made it home and realized that everything was gone out of the apartment. Wow. And my world was rocked. But even at that time, there was a Bible. And I remember opening up that Bible and the pages turned to this specific uh, verse that you shall not commit adultery. Wow. And I couldn't understand what it meant, but I believed it. I believed what it said. And I remember it was in the summertime. And I remember, you know, I started looking for my wife and and I never could find her. Finally, one of her friends told me that she was in another relationship at the time. And my world was rocked once again. and, And I remember I started going out and, you know, flirting with, relationships and pretty soon I met another woman and and at the time I my wife wanted to come back to me and and I needed to make a choice but even at that time I was selfish and prideful and I decided to go ahead and stay with this other woman and at the time I had wrecked my jeep and and this woman was willing to do whatever she can do to help me out to fix this jeep and I end up getting her pregnant, so I mm. committed adultery. And 
My wife divorced me, and I thought this would work out with this woman, but it never did. It was all a lie. And then from there, I went on in life and did what I have to do. And going back to Julius, you know, I remember my mother had called me to say and tell me to go down to Pueblo to go to the hospital to see him. And I remember visiting him, and I had recorded a tape for him. Okay. And uh, my sister looked at me, and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm making some music. He gets better when I make music for him. And she said, he's not listening to that anymore. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And she mm. said that he gave his life to Jesus. Wow. And I walked out of the hospital not knowing exactly what that meant. But a couple of days later, my mother called me and said, Donnie, I need you to come home. Julius is at home. They can't do anything else for him. And I remember walking in that room, seeing him laying on a cot, people praying and people crying. And I remember weeping over him, stroking his head, and he woke up for a split second. And he told me, he promised me, he said, everything will be okay. Hmm. And I remember walking away from there. And a day later, I called home and Mama, how's Julius doing? She said, he ate something for the first time. And I thought, Mama, is he going to be okay? Hmm. But that wasn't the case. That night he passed away. Well, anyway, going back to my job, I was cleaning restaurants at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was listening to the radio and I started crying Hmm. and weeping and screaming, why, why, why? And then I remember the radio station changed and there was a pastor on the radio station. To this day, I couldn't tell you who it was that was sharing the gospel. Hmm. And I was in the kitchen floor, washing down the floor, and I remember falling on my knees and crying out to Jesus, just like Romans says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, you shall be saved. Well, Donnie, that's awesome. I hate to cut you off, but we're going to head to a break, and then we're going to hear more. Stay with us on 100.7, The Word. Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I have my good friend with me and co-worker Donnie Stockman. He's our facilities director, and he was sharing his testimony with us. So you were cleaning, listening to the radio, pastor comes on, shares the gospel, and you confess Christ as your Savior. So that's where we left off. All righty. And I don't know if it's just me or if it's anybody that receives Christ, but the Holy Spirit, something came inside of me and my heart was touched. It was moved as though he replaced it with a new heart and he took my old spirit and he gave me a new spirit. And all I wanted to do was tell all my friends about Hmm. this experience that I experienced and all the friends I used to hang out with back in the days. You know, they were partiers because what I used to do on the side, I would also clean bars. So I would take my friends with me so that they can help me out. And, you know, they would be drinking and and maybe even taking alcohol. Hmm. And one night I stood up and said, listen, you guys, I need your attention. And they all looked at me and they said, what are you talking about? I said, you guys can't do this anymore. 
I said, if you guys want to get paid doing what you're doing, I'll be glad to pay you. But no more stealing, no more drinking mm. alcohol, any mm. of this. Yeah. And they all started laughing at me. Well, why? And I told them I gave my life to Jesus and I don't mm. want to do this anymore. Yeah. So awesome. slowly God started taking friends out of my life mm. one by one. But I still had this one struggle in my life. And it was a girl. It was a particular girl. And I remember it was night and I had woken up and I started weeping like a little child. And she mm. said, why are you crying? And I told her I didn't want to do this anymore. This is not good. This is not right. Hmm. The spirit lives inside of me, and I can't explain it to you. And then pretty soon, God started taking out those relationships out of my life. And I found myself uh, by Rocky Mountain Calvary uh, hmm. over there by Harmony Bowling Alley. I yeah. was cleaning a beauty salon, and I was so on fire. People would ask me to go to revivals and Listening to revivals would be like, hey, God wants to use you. And, and that's all I ever heard in those revivals. And I remember this particular morning, uh, I was cleaning the salon, and one of the pastors came next door, and they said, sir, can you turn down your music? And I'm <laughs> like, oh, I felt so bad because I was listening to the gospel, and, and I had my music blasting, and I didn't know anything <laughs> about this church. You know, Calvary. And I remember I felt really bad and even guilty at the time. I remember going home and I was single, obvious, and I would just open up the word and just cry out to God. And, and I started having visions, dreams about what I would be doing, and, and even in ministry to this day, huh. not knowing that this is exactly what God had for me. So with that said, I remember the owner of the salon used to uh, told me, uh, listen, Donnie, don't worry. She said they were asking me about you, that you were blasting the music, but don't worry because they interrupt us during the daytime when they're doing worship. So she wasn't a believer. She wasn't saved, obvious. But I remember as the salon was ready to move out, I had asked the pastor if I can come and volunteer and do whatever they need done. And I remember it was maybe two weeks after the salon was gone. The salon said, hey, that church was calling about you. They were wondering if you can get in touch with them. And I remember I went back and they needed some work done. And man, it was just such a joy just doing what I did. And then I wanted more. So the pastor had came and asked me if I would be willing to come to a service. And I was like, I would love to come. And I remember coming to service, yeah. sitting in the front row. And I remember the pastor coming down and he hugged me and he said, God wants to use you. And I heard yeah. that same message I wow. heard back when I first gotten saved. And I was like, I didn't know what to think. I just thought maybe that's what they all say. <laughs> so anyway, I remember going back to the church and I asked the pastor, pastor, can I clean some carpets for you? I seen some spots in the foyer, and he said, sure. Well, with that said, I remember writing this big old carpet machine thinking I knew how to clean carpets, and I never cleaned carpets in my whole entire life. And I remember scrubbing those carpets, and it was on a Thursday before service. And I remember going to service feeling all good, like, man, I did some work for Jesus, you know? And I remember walking in that foyer, and... There were spots 
everywhere on this blue carpet that I just <laughs> had cleaned. And I was so embarrassed, so ashamed. I couldn't even listen to the message. And after service, a pastor was greeting everybody as they were leaving. And I had my head down and I said, listen, pastor, I'll come back and scrub these spots. And he looked at me. He said, what are you talking about? I don't see any spots. <laughs> but anyway, with that said, I had came back and I cleaned those spots. And I remember he came up to me and he said, hey, how would you like to be paid doing what you're doing? I said, no way. I'm doing this for the Lord for saving me. Uh, you know? Yeah. And that's how it all began in ministry <laughs> through the years. Mm. And I just started serving and, and it was just a joy. And, and then the community service. So came. Donnie, let me ask you this. How many years ago did you come on staff at RMC? Back in 1998. Okay. So, so like 25 years. It's going on 25 years. Hey, man, congratulations. Thank you. Thank that, you. That's awesome. Thank 25 you. years. Yeah. So tell us about how the community service program came about and, and what community service is. There might be some listeners that are like, community service, you lost me. What's, what's that about? Oh, wow. Okay. So I remember back in 1998, it started off with one young woman that had to do some hours in a nonprofit, and we were able to... So a judge, in, yeah. court orders, you got to come do some community service hours. Exactly. You know, but not knowing exactly what God had intended. I mean, if I look back on this, Eric, it was God from beginning until now. It was his outreach that he allowed us to open up these doors for the community to be able to have a place of refuge, to be able to do their hours and everything. With that said, there's no way I would have been able to do this without the, the pastors, without the staff and, and allowing them to let them be me in Christ Jesus. And a lot of these people were the kind of people that nobody else wants. Okay. They're, yeah. they're felony, felony one, two. I mean, they're the worst of the worst, Yeah, you know? And and this was the only place when they go sign up at community service, after they go to court, they go to yeah. front range and they sign up and they see us on the list and they recommend, a lot of them recommend, hey, there's a good church, why don't you do it here? Yeah. And then they come here and they do what they have to do. And to be honest, Eric, even back then, I had a lot of crips and bloods hmm. doing their hours in 2001, and, yeah. and it was tough. I remember having 40 people at one time coming in where I have to manage them and, and, and just kind of delegate them in a way that I was able to, and I don't even know how I did it at the time, and truly, it wasn't me. It, it yeah. was the Lord, because it was crazy back then. And even till now, it's it just awesome to see what God's done. And, and when I mean that is seeing the fruit of it. Yeah. Seeing people that done hours years ago on Sunday mornings and saying, hey, Donnie, do you remember me? Yeah. And I'm looking, I did community service back in 2002, yeah. and they have their hands risen up. And that's where so I cool. get the blessing and know that this is God's work. And, and I love doing what he called me to do. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Donnie, I love that. We've seen God use the community service probably more than any other outreach at our church. And so, so thankful to the Lord. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs. 
Donnie Stockman is with me, our facilities director, and also runs our community service program. We've got a lot more coming up after the break, so stay with us on 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. We're located right in the central part of the city, Austin Bluffs and Academy, and I have Donnie Stockman uh, with me, who's our facilities director and also runs our community service program. It's a little bit unique at RMC, but we allow people to come and do court-ordered community service here at the church, and it's been an amazing blessing to the church and an incredible uh, outreach and Donnie, when you think back to, you know, some of the changed lives, is, is there a couple of testimonies of, you know, give us a feel for what people are like when they first show up to, I got to do these hours at a church and then how God softens their heart over time. Well, if anybody ever knew me, and I think what they expect is to see maybe a pastor with a tie on or yeah. somebody totally different. and. I'm totally different. I'm no different than they are. The only difference between me and them is that I need more of Christ mm. and less of me. I need mm. to decrease and increase. But the Bible says that we're to esteem them higher than ourselves. Yeah. We have to be that example for them. And I think when people come in, they let their guards down. And then I'm able to build up a relationship with them. And they're able to just share their hearts and then I'm able to give my testimony. I was there. I know what it's like. And, yeah. And it's just transparency. You know, it's huge. You know how you, I am always reminded how you win a soul. You know, it's, the Bible says those that win souls are wise. Yeah. For me, it's about how you communicate. It's how you relate. It's how mm-hmm. you listen. And that's how you really truly win a soul mm-hmm. for Christ. Yeah. Because they're able to just let everything go and and just share their hearts. So mm. yeah. So Eric, with that said, I had a a young gentleman even right now that was he's doing his hours here right now and he's in a halfway house. His name is Eddie, mm. and Eddie's just a young man, twenty two years old. And I don't know, the spirit led me and, and gave me an opportunity to just share with him. And Eddie was a heroin addict, and, and this is the reason why he's in a halfway house. And he asked me this one question. He said, why would God allow me to live when all my friends died hmm. overdosing on heroin? And I was like, wow, you know, Eddie, God, he's not finished with you. Hmm. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And Eddie, you know, why don't you come and sit in with me tonight? And for two weeks now, two Saturdays, he's been sitting in with me. But this last Saturday, he asked me, do you think I can have your phone number? And I said, I would love to give you my hmm. number if I have questions and you can send me some verses to encourage me. <laughs> and cool. I thought it was so good. But it reminds yeah. me of Colossians one twenty eight. It says that to whom we preach to, we're to warn. We're to share the gospel mm. with wisdom so that we can present them perfect mm. in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And I love that verse. So, yeah. So, 
Eric, it's been God's a, moving. That's it, awesome. It is awesome, man. I, and I can't even tell you, and that's just one of the stories yeah. that I have to share. But I also have another one I want to share. There yeah. was a young woman. She was 22 years old, and she had called the church and asked me if she can do her community service here. And I thought to myself, she sounded so, so young. And, I, huh. and then when she came in, and her name was Stephanie. Stephanie was 23 years old. Well, her story was this. She had stole a car when she was 14 years old and ran into a house, and she had ran over a 28-year-old woman. Wow. And she killed this woman, and she had to go to prison when she was 14 years old. Well, when she got out when she was 21, she had 200 hours court-ordered. And I remember her doing her first hour, her first 100 hours, excuse mm. me, and then her pro officer was calling me asking, has Stephanie been down here to do her remainder hours? And I remember not seeing Stephanie for almost a half a year. Well, she finally came in and she was broken. Hmm. And I said, Stephanie, what's going on? Where have you been? She said, Donnie, they're going to send me back to prison. And I said, well, why, Stephanie? She said, because I was angry. And I said, why were you angry? She said, because my girlfriend, because all she knew was a girlfriend being in prison. They waited for her when she got out of prison. And she apparently she got angry and her hand went into the wall. And this girl was threatening her. She was going to turn her into the pro officer. Well, so as Stephanie was just telling me the story, I had a bunch of people in my office and they were Stephanie was weeping. She was crying. And I said, Stephanie, do you have your ticket? She said, what are you talking about? I said, do you have your ticket to heaven if mm. Jesus was to come back today? Yeah. And she didn't know how to answer that. So I have this little piece of paper that I tear up, and it turns into a cross. And the other part of the ticket I hand to the other people that are around my office, and it reads out, how? So I challenged everybody at the time in my office, which one would you rather have, Stephanie? And she said mm. she wanted the cross. So I was able to... Uh, share the gospel of salvation to her, and mm. she received Christ at wow, the time. Praise the Lord! Yeah, but there's power in everything that we do in Christ Jesus, because Jesus is power. That's everything that we need. Mm -hmm. That's our GPS. As even as I go through Scripture, He guides me. He shows me. Mm -hmm. He gives me right exactly where I need to be in Scripture. But with that said, I like uh, the Book of Matthew, chapter five. Five, verse 16, it says, let your light shine, yeah. so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I always wonder what our task really is all about in ministry. Hmm. And that's what it's really about, being the light of the gospel. When these people come in, you know, it's almost like a lighthouse keeper. His responsibility is to keep the lighthouse going at all times. Yep. But if there was a wreck or something, you can be a kind man, a generous man, and even give fuel to those ships that are going by. But if a storm comes and knocks out his generator, then he has no fuel left. And then if a boat crashes, then lives are lost. Then he's responsible for that, even though he was a kind and generous man. But that's even like for in ministry, when people are hell bonded, and if we don't share with them or warn them, we're not doing them any favor. Yeah. So yeah. we have to. And on the way I always looked at ministry, every man that's walking 
that doesn't know Jesus needs Jesus, every soul. That's right. You yeah. know, so that's my heart. And I do have something that I want to share, my friends. I yeah. stand in judgment now, and I feel that you're to blame somehow. On earth, I walk with you by day, but never did you show the way. You knew the Savior, truth and in glory, but never did you tell the story. My knowledge then mm. was very dim. You could have led me safe to him, though together we lived here on earth. You never told me the second birth, and now I stand before eternal hell. Because of heaven and glory, you never mm. tell. And see, we all going to have mm. to answer to our, our Savior one day of all the people that God brought into our path. And that's my heart. Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome heart. And, you know, one of the things that's just been so awesome that God has done is that through the community service program, you know, people are coming that don't know the Lord, spending time in our church, and you loving on them, your team loving on them. God's been gracious to bring so many people to come to know Christ their Savior. And right now we're in the Gospel of Luke as a church, and Jesus says that he came to seek and save the lost. And and so we're very thankful. Uh, I'm sure there's some some listeners out there today that have done community service at RMC or had a family member do community service at, at RMC. We're going to head to a break in just a minute, Donnie. But when we come back, I would love for you to share uh, with everyone listening, you know, what encouragement and exhortation that you would give for believers. Because I know you've got a, a great heart for the lost, but you've also got a great heart for believers. And these are crazy times that we're living in, and I think that people need encouragement and and exhortation. So this is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Just want to remind you, this does turn into a podcast. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can search for us, Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Donnie Stockman's with me, our facilities director. Great stuff, great content. Stay with us. We're going to be right back after this break on 100.7 The Word. Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Donnie Stockman is with me. He's our facilities director, great friend. He was on staff when I came on staff 23 years ago. We've been able to do ministry together for a long time. And one of the things that Donnie does that I love is you're the facilities director, but you've chosen, no one told you to do this, to stand at one particular door in our foyer and you welcome people as they come in to uh, the church. And that has touched so many people's heart to be greeted. And I see it week after week as people line up to come through your door to be greeted in the name of Jesus Christ. Like, How important is it to you to greet people as they come into church? Hospitality is huge. In the body of Christ, you get all different type of people that come through the doors and just that touch, just that hello, how are you, goes a long ways, you know. So, man, that's what I look forward to. Yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done being in facilities and working with all the community service, young and old and and men and women and you know, but at the end of the day, I look so forward to just the body of Christ coming together yeah. to fellowship. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Donnie, what would you want to share with believers? I mean, these are crazy times we're living in. What do you think God's doing? What's mm-hmm. the word that you would encourage believers with? 
When I look back, I think of Matthew, where God tells us to follow me and I will make you fisher of men. Mm. And I think it's so huge in ministry because there's so many lakes and rivers and oceans that flow through the body of Christ. And we see all the fish that come through the doors. And a lot of those fish, they don't, they're here, but they're not really where God would really want them at this time in these days that we're living in. And he has so much more he wants to show us. Like Philippians 1, 6 says, you know, he wants to complete what he started in us. And I think the harvest is ready right now. Yeah. And, 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 and we got to be ready for those days and, and times that we're living in. And, and just what an opportunity it is to just fish for for people and, yeah. and, and just love on them and point them to Christ. And I just see so much of that, Eric, going yeah. on right now. So It's a powerful time for the gospel. You know, we, as we follow Christ for Christ to make us fishers of men, to love people, to share Christ with them, it's a hard time, but it's a great time mm-hmm. for the gospel, to be sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eric, with that said, when I think about just greeting and loving when I'm standing at the door when they are leaving, it's powerful because a lot mm. of the people, they're either timid or when you ask them and you share the gospel and they have that opportunity to respond, you know, and I, many people go forward, but many people walk away and just leave. And I always want to be there because I have that mm. eye contact and I yeah. know how the spirit responds, you know. Yeah. Hey, and they got tears in their eyes, or you could see that they're hurting, you know, and, and I'm able to just reach out, hey, can I pray for you, you know, or ask them, how can I yeah. assist, you know, and it's huge, man. Yeah. You know, and I always thought, it's not all about the people that go forward, it's the people that are leaving. Hmm. Did they get it? Did yeah, they that's get cool. it? Did God touch them? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah so that's yeah. awesome to just see what God and how he does that. Hey, Donnie. W- You've been in ministry 25 years. You know, you're 60 years old and you're the most fit 60 year old that I know. But what would you want your legacy to be? You know, when God does take you home and people think of Donnie Stockman, what, what would you want them to, to think? So first and foremost, I want to know that the calling that God had in my life, that I finished this race. Hmm. I finished it with joy. I finished it continually testifying in Christ Jesus and that I loved, that I loved all I can love, Hmm. you know, and I think after it's all done and said, that's all that's really going to matter. Yeah. Is love. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that's all I know. Yeah. And if I look back at my life, Eric, how all this began, it it began when I was young, hanging out in orphanages, Hmm. when I was a kid. You know, on the weekends and my friends, that's where they lived. And I would love just from sunrise okay. to sundown. So you had some friends living in an orphanage. Yeah. And, and you'd go visit. And, and that's how God made this ministry, his huh. ministry, so wow. easy for me to just love on people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Donnie, thank you so much for your friendship and your partnership. My, my life and RMC wouldn't be the same uh, without you. And, and God is really, really using you. And I, I know I'm not the only one uh, that feels feels that way. And we got a few minutes left. And I want to give you the opportunity to share about running. I know you love to run. And 
How has God used running in your life, and why are you passionate about running? Well, it all started in high school. I was a sophomore, and I have a younger brother named Richard, and Richard used to love to run, and he was a freshman, and he went into high school, and he was just phenomenal. And I thought to myself, I had nothing to offer. I was nobody. I was that outcaster kid in high school, teased. And I think a lot of my running came back when I used to run from school when kids would chase me home. And and it led up to my sophomore year where it was just natural. Yeah. And I remember going out and I started running. And by the time I was a senior, I made state and I was ranked in the top three in state. Awesome. And I even blew that one, you know, <laughs> in so many ways. But anyway, running is my outlet. It's hmm. my time where I can just meditate and just all that stuff that builds up. You know, it's, we have to release it somehow. Yeah, all and that running, stress. Yeah, mm, yeah. And running's been, you know, what what it takes for me to be able to do that. So I am so blessed in so many ways to be able to run at sixty, even though my sixties is like my thirties. But sixty <laughs> is the new thirty. That's great. Yeah, I, running is something that I, I enjoy as well, just kind of mildly compared to you. But I, I think sometimes as believers, we, we minimize the importance of exercise, but it's not nearly as important as our walk with the Lord and godliness, but God can meet us in exercise. Like when we go for a walk or we go for a run or go go play basketball or the gym or whatever, if if we put our hearts towards the Lord in the midst of that, he'll meet us out on that run. He'll He'll meet us out snowboard and you know he's he created us to be active and it is an important part of our life and our health and yeah amen on that with that said eric yeah i think of there's just so many ways you can meditate running i mean your verses your relationships everything about running is just something that i think that if anybody can do it just try it even if it's just walking yeah Get outside, enjoy yeah. God's creation. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Donnie. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I know you well, but I learned more about you and what God has done in your life. So thanks for opening up and having such a real and honest conversation with me. Thanks, thanks for having me, Eric. Yeah. It was an honor. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. And as we sum up today, just be encouraged first that God loves you. You know, as, as you're listening and listening to Donnie's story, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that's you, that's me, that's Donnie, we're whosoever's. God invites you to his table of forgiveness, but we've got to turn from sin and trust him and believe that he died and rose again. So as you're listening right now, Donnie, trusted Christ as a Savior listening to the radio, and maybe today's your day where God's calling your, your name to turn to Christ and believe in him. And then let somebody know that you made that decision. Let a Christian know that you've trusted Christ. Call us at Rocky Mountain Calvary. We'd love to hear that you trusted Christ as your savior. And if you know Christ, then love people and share the gospel because God loves, loves people and wants to see people come into the kingdom. So thanks so much for listening. Know that God's with you, that he loves you. Have a great night. Until next time, God bless you. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.